In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, over the years I've heard a number of Christians refer to the Christian life as a faith walk or a spiritual journey or something like this. And the image that comes to mind when I hear this is that uh, the Christian life is like one long leisurely stroll. Uh, It's a kind of life where you can simply take your time and go at your own pace and you slow down, you stop, you smell the roses, you just wander around until finally you get to heaven where you're trying to go. And it actually sounds quite nice, to be honest. And many Christians also think of uh, Christianity as something casual, uh, as if not much would change in us if we were Christians or not, as if there's not going to be much of a uh, demonstrable um, uh, demonstration of, uh, or, or, or uh, outside view of, of what's, what the life is like with the gospel or without it, as if it doesn't change. Uh, some even think that life would then get easier uh, when you're a Christian, that it's even more peaceful when you are a Christian. Well, I'm not trying to burst your bubble, but I will. Uh, This is not what the Bible compares the Christian life to. In the epistle lesson for today, uh, the Apostle Paul doesn't talk about the Christian life as some sort of walk, but as, or something easy or casual or convenient. He says the Christian life is like an Olympic race, a fierce competition or a fight, like a boxing match. And none of these are easy. So you've seen Olympians and athletes, and you know that they train day in and day out. They sweat, they push themselves to the limit, they give up leisure and foods to make themselves better. And when they compete in the entire race or the entire fight, there's agony and uh, focus and uh, determination on their face. And they gasp for air as they leave everything on the field. And then St. Paul says, that is what the Christian life is like. It's, and this isn't some sort of isolated example. The Bible is replete with exhortations like this. Luke chapter 13 says, Strive. Strive to enter by the narrow gate. Galatians 6 says, Let us not grow weary in doing good. Hebrews 6 says, Show earnestness, that is severe conviction to have the full assurance of hope until the end. John 6, 27 says, labor for food that endures to eternal life. 1 Corinthians 15 says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the word of the Lord. And 1 Timothy 6, 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So whenever you see athletes training and giving their all, Paul wants you, when you see that, to be reminded of your own life as a Christian, that it is a fight or a race in this world. Now, the question then comes up, well, who are you competing against? Who is your rival? Well, I can tell you this, you're not racing against the world because they're not even in the race for eternal life. They're not even in the stadium. They simply don't care about the prize. They don't want it. Then what? Are you competing against other Christians? No. Because Paul says, do you not know that those who run in the stadium all run, but only one receives the prize? 
And there's only one winner. And so we know there's going to be more than just one person in heaven. So your competition then isn't against the world and it isn't against other Christians. Well, then who are you competing against? You're competing and racing and fighting against your greatest rival, your fiercest competitor, yourself. You're competing against your own sinful nature who rises each morning to fight you and take you down. In the confirmation class uh, with uh, the, the children, we've been learning about baptism and what that means. And in Luther's small catechism under baptism, in the fourth set of questions, it says this. It says, what does such baptizing with water indicate? And the answer, it indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Do you see that there is the old Adam in us and then the new man that rises daily? That, that is who the race and the fight is between. So, you see, life doesn't get easier at baptism. It gets harder because that, your baptism itself, is when it begins. That is the fight of your life. When you were baptized into Christ, you were washed into his blood, redeemed by the Lord who loves you. You were made a child of God. And at that moment, you were born again from above. Not of the will of man, but of the will of God. And your spirit was then at that moment made alive. Not by your decision, not by your will, but by God's decision for you. And then it's at that moment when you were baptized and you had faith in Christ that the rivalry within you began. The original and sinful you, which we call the old Adam, was against the new and sanctified you, which we call the new man. And from the moment of your baptism until your dying breath, your sinful flesh is going to compete against you. And your sinful nature races you each day to be the first to rise, to be the first to get the upper hand, the first to take you down. And this is no friendly competition either. Your old self and your new self, they hate each other. They cannot stand each other. They cannot be in the same place together. They will never be friends and there will never be peace. This is what Galatians chapter 5, 17 says. It says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So they're engaged in a lifelong, ongoing life and death fight to the bitter end each and every day. That is the Christian life, one of struggle, one that is going on in the very, this turmoil, this fight, this race going on in the very depths of your heart and your soul that others don't see. But you know this, you know this struggle. Now, I, I want you to understand this well. The epistle lesson today is not saying that you have to live somehow a perfect life and earn your way into heaven as if, by your good works, as if that's the, the case. The gospel lesson totally blows that out of the water. The hymn we just sang blows that out of the water. Ephesians 2 is completely contradicting that. 
We're saved by grace through faith alone. So you have salvation. You are baptized. You have faith. You receive the forgiveness of sins every time in the Lord's Supper freely. And through Christ's bitter suffering and death, Christ won for you the victory. So Paul is not telling you to earn your eternal life. But what he's saying is that your sinful flesh is trying to take it away from you. It's trying to take Christ away from you, take you away from Christ, trying to disqualify you. And you have to fight that off. Now, I don't want you to pass this off as some sort of just neat little analogy. This is a very serious thing, this fight. Uh, Don't underestimate your flesh either. Your old Adam in you is very, very stubborn and he will not quit until he dies. In fact, there's not a day in this life when your flesh will leave you alone. So don't deceive yourself and don't let your guard down. Your sinful nature is stronger than you think. And this is why so many Christians fall away. It is for this reason. It is not because of anything else going on, but the fact that they give up the fight. Christians who were at one point in their life believing in Christ will not endure to the end because they were subdued by their flesh. They gave into the flesh and gave up the spirit. Now, I want you to think about how strong your sinful nature actually is. How powerful it is. Much more than we seem to give credit to. Consider this. What is easier for you to do? To be content with everything you have, whether you have much or little, or to grumble and complain. What is easier? To put the best construction on everything and to speak well of everyone, or to gossip and lie and slander and ruin their reputation. What is easier, to keep yourself chaste and pure until marriage or to gratify your flesh and have sex outside of marriage? What comes most naturally to you? To get up early, to get out, to get up early, to get out of bed, to get dressed, to drive to church and pay attention in the service or to simply stay home and sleep? What feels most genuine? To open up your Bible each night and lead your family in devotions and pray with your children and pray to the God who made you. Or to just turn on the TV or mindlessly scroll through your phone until you pass out. What is easier, to trust in God and be anxious about nothing or to lose sleep and worry about your life? The reason sinning is so much easier to you, to all of us, than doing good is because your old Adam is very, very strong. Stronger than you you imagine. And now, the, the great temptation here in all of this is to simply give up or to give in. It's the temptation to just get discouraged and get weary and then to slow down, to walk aimlessly, to take your eyes off the prize. And the temptation is for you to simply give up. 
So you say, look, well, this is too hard. This is just too much work. There's just too much turmoil in me to fight and do the right thing all the time. I'm not good at it, so what's the point? What's the point anymore? Don't do that. This text is not meant to discourage you, but to encourage you. And this is what St. Paul says. He says, run that you may win. And how do you do that? He says, every contestant in a race exercises self-control in all things. So that is how you win the race and fight against your sinful flesh. You practice self-control. You deny yourself. You deny your flesh the things your flesh is bossing you around to want to do. You give up whatever it is that is standing in between you and the word of God. What keeps you from coming to church? Is it sleep? Then give it up. Don't be lazy. Simple. What keeps you from doing devotions each night? Is it the TV or the phone? Then cut it out. Give it up completely. What keeps you from paying attention in church? What is robbing your attention? Is it the news and the media and the world that is clouding your mind? Then give that up. What keeps your eyes from seeing what is pure? Is it the pixelated images you should not be looking at on your computer or phone? Then give those things up. Get rid of them. What keeps you from boldly confessing the truth at work or in front of family and friends? Your image or reputation? Then give it up. Don't let these things take your eyes away. Learn to live without these things because you don't actually need them. Athletes will discipline their bodies, practice self-control in all things. They give up sleep, they give up leisure, they give up friendship and food and entertainment and all for what? What do they get for it? A trophy, a medal, a perishable wreath. And St. Paul says, but we do it for an imperishable one. That's why Paul says, I don't run aimlessly I don't box like someone beating the air, but I pummel my body and enslave it. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. The literal translation here in the Greek is not that I pummel my body, but literally I give my flesh the black eye. (laughs) I punch my sinful nature in the face is what Paul is saying here. This is how you should regard your sinful flesh and desires as a rival and as an enemy as something to be taken down each day. Dear saints, this is your lifelong struggle. And now that you're baptized, it isn't easy. Your entire life as a Christian is one of self-denial, one of self-control, restraining your body day in and day out. And without Jesus' forgiveness and help, you could not last. If he left you on your own, you wouldn't endure it. Your flesh would take over, you'd be lost. And so when you are weary in the fight, when you're exhausted of the turmoil of this life, of your heart, you look to Christ and he'll strengthen you with his word and he'll revive your spirit. The very host of heaven cheers you on. When you are fatigued and breathless, come to Christ and he will give you rest. Your flesh will fight you every single day. But every day, Jesus will be with you, forgiving you and strengthening you and giving you peace and reviving you. 
You're not going to win. You are not going to win every single race and fight against your flesh in this life. But whatever you do, don't give up. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop struggling against the flesh. The athletes who win the race and fight, they don't hang their head in shame and they don't give up after every failure. What they do is they dust themselves off and then they go at it again. And then that is what you do every single time you fail. The Proverbs say this, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up again. So don't run aimlessly. Don't beat against the air. Don't stay down. Stay focused and know why you run. If being a Christian has been difficult, which it has, if you've struggled with and fought your own flesh, which you are, don't give up because none of what you endure is in vain. And give thanks to God that today, no matter how weary you might feel, no matter how much your sin and your past failures and shame and embarrassment weighs you down. Once again, the Lord gives you strength this morning. If you are here today, if you're hearing this gospel right now that forgives your sins, if you're paying attention to this right now, then that is because God has given strength to your weary soul. And by the grace of God, you won the fight right now against your sinful flesh this morning. You subdued your old Adam. You did the harder thing. You did what was not easy to do. You've run in such a way to obtain the prize of your dear Lord's body and blood, and you will get it. You will have it. And by the grace of God, in Christ Jesus, you'll do the same tomorrow, and you'll do the same the next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, and every single day until your dying breath. And at that moment, then the race will be over. The fight will be done. And when you get to that final moment, that moment of victory, that moment when your old Adam will finally collapse and die, you'll stand victorious over your sinful flesh and say with St. Paul these words, You'll say, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my death has come. I have fought the good fight, I finished the race, I have kept the faith, and there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. So be faithful unto death, and he will give you a crown of life. Run so that you may win. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.